Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where we specialize in perpetuating and promoting the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We are excited. We've been trying to get this young lady with us for about a year and a half, and her name is Q. God of my salvation, receive my adoration. With my hands lifted high, I surrender all to you. God of my salvation, receive my adoration. With my hands lifted high, I surrender all to you. You desire us to worship you in spirit. So with my hands lifted high, only you can satisfy. You desire us to worship you in spirit and in truth. So with my hands lifted high, only you can satisfy my longing soul. Q, good to have you. <laughs> the giggles. It's been a long time. <laughs> long time coming, and you're here from. Well, now you're from. Uh, I know, right? Baltimore <laughs> <laughs> by way of. By way of, yeah, yeah. Now, now Q has worked with us in several areas. She's worked with us in recording projects here at TSC. She's worked with us. Um, um, you were in, weren't you part of the Friday Night Ensemble for a while? Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of the ensemble and. Christmas YPC um, Christmas production. I did a little bit of Raven. A little Raven, yeah. Did, so this um, is your this is your your stomping ground yeah, for. This, and yes. you're from originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. How'd you get to New York? I got to New York. I went to school at Ithaca College, which is upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And for the field that I'm in, you have to be in New York City, pretty much. So which is musical theater. Musical theater. <clears throat> So, which you are doing to the full effect, indeed. <laughs> indeed. We're gonna talk about that. In a minute. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, went to Ithaca. Went to Ithaca, got a BFA in musical theater, and moved to New York City pretty much right away in two thousand. Two thousand. So mm-hmm. you've been in New York for twelve years. Yeah, so. twelve years. Now, do you keep a residence in New York? I do. You do. I live up in Harlem. What? What? Harlem. Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> I love Harlem. I always want to live in Harlem. If God. Allows me to stay there. I would uh-huh. love to just live there. I love Harlem. Awesome. And then, so so no, but you you come from a family of of actors and actresses and musicians, is that right? Or not not so much. No? Um, my grandmother and my mother were over the drama ministry, but they've never, you know, professionally performed. They just wrote plays, Christmas plays for our church uh-huh. and uh, for our community, but they never performed really themselves. Right. Um, you know, my grandmother, I always say, was ahead of her time. She was so, um, she, I don't know, she just, God gave her amazing vision. Uh-huh. And so I would do their plays and their musicals. That's where I started. And in the children's choir, I never did solos because I wasn't the best what? singer. I could hold down the altos. But as far as solo is concerned, I was shaking my boots. Now, that's hard to believe because I when people hear you sing and they watch you on stage... <laughs> I still it's hard get, to believe you weren't doing this since you were two, you know, yeah. <laughs> with all the confidence that you have. I mean, I just saw you on television the other day, <laughs> a, a completely confident cue, <laughs> which, you know, like you were in your element. At least you are now. I love it. I do love it. There are times where, you know, people call it stage fright. I don't like to use that word. I just get really excited. I say, mm-hmm. I'm just really excited. <laughs> Where I just um, I have to just focus and breathe and just relax and uh-huh. do what I've been called to do. But I love I love what I do, and I know that I've been called to do it. And so God gives me this peace. Yeah. To just you use the word it. called. When did you give your life to the Lord? I gave my life to the Lord when I was about seven years old mm-hmm. in Nebraska. Nobody forced me. Nobody. I was raised in church, so that was a blessing to have two parents that 
we're both Christians, a whole family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was. Um, my father's side of the family for Jehovah's Witnesses are Jehovah's Witnesses. So we didn't communicate as well. They sort of cut him off. Um, so I'm not too familiar with them. But um, I was raised with two Christian parents who loved the Lord and taught me what it means to be a Christian, how to live as a Christian woman. And uh, so I knew what I was doing when I was seven. I knew exactly what I was doing. But when I came to Times Square, I knew for certain and for for real that I was saved. And because, you know, when you're seven, you haven't really experienced much. You know, I knew I wanted to go to heaven. I believed Jesus is the son of God. I believe that he died for all the bad things that I did, you know. But after living, you know, you realize that your sins are covered in the blood. And I know what that means now, but when I, I didn't really understand that until Times Square Church. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was sort of just stripped here. It's like, this, oh, this is what a Christian really is. And my mm-hmm. parents are great. I mean, please. But as far as my own right. walk, right. you know, it was quite, quite amazing to find out really who Jesus really is mm-hmm. to me. Change your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Mom and dad were Christians. Grandma was Christian. You have brothers yeah. and sisters? Yes. I have uh, two brothers. One of them passed away about mm. three years ago. Um, he was alcoholic, mm. and he passed away New Year's. He went to sleep and never woke up. Mm. It was New Year's Day, January wow. 1st, 2009. I'll never okay. forget it. But he is with the Lord. He loved the Lord. He just took some wrong... You know, God knows our beginning and our ending Absolutely. and worst day of my life. But God, mm. God knows. Yeah. We're all are, right. they, are any of them musical? No. Just you. <laughs> yeah. So bizarre. Where, father, where do you fall, though, in, this, in the I'm in the, the baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and nobody else is musical. How, how, Isn't that something? Ironic, yeah. I would, wow. <laughs> my mom did. I mean. We did find find out some years ago that her biological father are all like related to like Louis Armstrong. Huh. So I'm, um, you know, you got, yeah, got a little strong. Yeah, in and you. Th- that side of the family, <laughs> my biological grandfather, who I've never met, uh-huh. you know, um, their side of the family is pretty musical. So okay. jazz, and I was always interested in jazz at a really early age. And my parents thought I was the weirdest. <laughs> my friends, th- I, I am, I'm quite weird. But uh, I love jazz, uh-huh. and we found that out. And I was like, whoa, that is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you went to Ithaca. I'm going to go back because yeah. I noticed that uh, uh, you were one of the first African Americans to graduate from Ithaca with a music degree. Is that right? Uh, yeah. How, how did you find that? I did while not you were know there? that. I did not know that attending the school, you know, God has a purpose for our lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my um, faith has been because of this experience, this uh-huh. college experience. I didn't get accepted to a lot of schools after my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. So I stayed at the University of Nebraska, which is, you know, 10 minutes from my house. Okay. So I went there. I was on a full ride scholarship, but I really knew I wanted something more. I was studying theater. Um, it wasn't a specified major, so I was kind of making it up as I went along. I knew I wanted to do Broadway and musical theater, and I, I knew I would do everything I could to get to a school that would teach me exactly how to sing, dance, perform, you know. And so I auditioned for two years, you know, my freshman year in college. I auditioned for all these NYU three times, Juilliard, you know, all these schools, and nobody accepted me. And I'm, I was kind of green, although I sang in church and stuff. I didn't have a lot of theater background. Mm-hmm. And so I kept auditioning for all these schools and nobody would accept me for two years. And then I was like, okay, I was just about to give up. And my dad brought home um, a performing arts book uh, and he put it down on the floor in front of me. And I opened it and I was like, "Ah, whatever. And I remember seeing Ithaca College and I was like, I don't know about that. And I wanted to go to school in New York somewhere. And the next day I come back and I open the book again and there's Ithaca College again, upstate New York. And I'm like... I guess I'll apply. I never heard of it. I was like, I guess I'll apply. I applied and auditioned for it, and I got accepted. And um, I had no idea what the program was about, but once I got there, um, it's one of the best. Mm. It's one of the best in in the state of New York. And I was the first to graduate um, 
one of the first African-American students to graduate with wow. the Bachelor of Fine Arts. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Changed my life. Now, you, you applied for other, other, other schools, mm-hmm. and did you audition for other schools as well? I did. What, I, what, was the, what was the difference, the stark difference between the auditioning for the other schools and, the, and this one, Ithaca? Yeah. Well, I flew here for those auditions to mm-hmm. New York City and auditioned for some schools. The difference was time, mm-hmm. I guess. You had a lot of experience in with the auditions. exactly. (laughs) And I was able to do some community theater and the college that I was going to, University of Nebraska, Uh really gave me a strong background in theater and all all the um, disciplines and all the the, the lingo Mm because I really didn't know. And I was like, okay, okay. And now I was understanding. So by the time... You know, Ithaca came around. I was, I think, I was pretty ready. And you know what I said to the to the um, chairman of the department? I did my audition, and I was so confident. I walked up to the table and I said, "Your school needs me." <laughs> <laughs> he laughed, and I was like, "It's the truth. I, your school needs me." <laughs> and you were right, and me. he didn't know it. I didn't know what I was talking about. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. What do you remember when you auditioned? I auditioned in Chicago. Uh-huh. There's a group of schools that travel to like Chicago, LA to help students um, that are living in other areas. You know, if they can't fly to New York right. or fly to wherever, these schools travel together, which makes it easier for students to audition. So Chicago is pretty close to Nebraska. So my parents put me on a bus and I went on up there. It's like an eight hour ride. Never been to Chicago. And I mm. was like, this is my last opportunity. So I, I gave it everything that I had everything that I had. And the first time I ever visited the school was like my first day of class. Wow. I, was, I hadn't visited. I hadn't. You stuck I, I knew your I was feet in the, in the right water place. there. I was in the right place. Yeah. I love, I go, try to go once a year, uh-huh. talk to the students and awesome. do workshops and things. Well, yeah. I mean, you are the alumni. Yeah. I mean, you got a little tag on you. Yeah. <laughs> what did you audition when you auditioned from them? Do you remember? I'd have to do two monologues. I think I did something from the Crucible and maybe uh, something, Shakes, uh, Lady Macbeth, maybe. Mm. I don't remember. And then I did two songs. I did like an Italian aria, and then I did um, a song from Babes in Arms called Johnny One Note. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the only things that I had learned at that point. Wow. Those two songs, yeah. Okay. Did, did, did you have to dance as well? Not for no. Ithaca. Okay. Not for Ithaca. You have to, you know, you do four years of dance, you know, ballet, right. tap, and jazz. But uh, you didn't. Ha- it's not a requirement for your entrance. Okay, and you which can was tap. Amazing, I can a little okay. bit. Because <laughs> we got some plywood, we're gonna bring it out in a minute. <laughs> I don't consider myself a dancer, but you have to do it all in musical theater anyway. Sure, you know, Mary sure. Poppins, we do it, and you know, I've done Mary it. Poppins. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back with Q. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God is good. His power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul exhorts us to pray for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Nobody listening to my voice today can deny that we are in very difficult times. There seems to be unrest on every side. We're facing difficult economic situations and calamities that threaten the very stability of some of our societies. It's time for those of us who know God to begin to pray, to pray for our president, to pray for the members of the Senate and Congress, to pray for our leaders, to pray for the mayor of our city, to pray for our counselors. Those of us who know God believe that there's a greater purpose can be accomplished when we use our speech for what is good. It is time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. And we're back with Kiana Smith, yes, a.k.a. Q. Now, how did your name get reduced to Q? 
Yes. So when I was 16, there's a lady at my church who opened up a daycare. And she said, you know, I know you do theater at church. Would you come and teach in the summertime at my daycare? Maybe some dance or drama. And I was like, I've never taught a day in my life. I'm only 16. But my mom was like, you need a job. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I went and I just started trying to teach something. And, you know, the requirement is that they have to call you Miss, you know, by your first or last name. And they could not say Kiana. I taught like, you know, um, pre-K, kindergartners mm-hmm. and first graders. Could not say Kiana. So I there was a movie that came out called Juice. <laughs> it's an old movie. Do you remember Juice? I remember Juice. I didn't yeah. see it, but I remember it. Yeah. There was a character named Q. So a friend of mine came to school one day. I was like, ah, did you see that movie last night? It was so good. I'm going to start calling you Q. Q. And I was like, that's dumb. Okay, whatever. <laughs> And then I thought about it, and I was like, I should use that with the kids. So they started calling me Miss Q, and it kind of stuck. And I went to college, and you know my professors called me Q. And then when you're a professional um, performer, you have a union that protects you, and it's called Actors Equity Union, mm-hmm. and you have to register your name. And so, you know, some people get married, they change their last name, but it can only be one of you. So if there's a Greg Thomas... You there can only be one Greg Thomas in right. the union, so you have to go by Gregory Thomas or right. Greg V Thomas. So there was nobody named Q, and I thought that was really cool. I was like, that would be great. Yeah. So I just used Q with the period, and uh, my last name is Smith. So He's Smith. It's easy. People, most people know my name. It's right. not a secret. I love Kiana. I love my name. You know, Q is just a quick. But this is part of the profession. Yeah, this is just yeah. My nieces and nephews, I forbid them to call me Q. Really? Yeah, they call you Auntie. Yeah, Auntie (laughs) Kiana or Auntie or whatever. Yeah. Wow. In your first week, you moved to New York. You booked the national tour of Smokey Joe's Cafe. Yeah. What was that like? (sighs) That was a dream. That really got me started. You know. Right out of college, you know, pretty mm. much broke. And so I came here with like literally $400 and I was staying with a friend. And I remember getting off the plane or the bus and um, I looked at all these auditions. And I was like, I'm going to go to four auditions tomorrow. So I went to four auditions. And when you audition, if they like you, they you get something called a callback. Mm-hmm. They want to see a little bit more. Oh, can you come and dance or can you come and sing another type of song? So I I got callbacks for these shows, and then a couple of days later, um, three of the shows called me and offered me the job, and I was like, this is cool. One of them happened to be Smokey Joe's Cafe, but in in the breakdown, because when you audition, you know, you look in the newspaper. I have an agent now, but, you know, if you don't have an agent, there's something called a breakdown. It's um, the producers and directors, they send out... uh, a description of the show, mm-hmm. of the cast, of the uh, characters, and they just break it down for you and you see which one you are, you fit. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the breakdown. I was like, how oh, audition for this? But in the breakdown, it did not say Gladys Knight. I still have the breakdown. I have it like in aluminum. <laughs> not aluminum. <laughs> what is it? I laminated it. Uh-huh. <laughs> aluminum. <laughs> it's like hard so, to see through that, isn't it? And it's, yes. <laughs> So I didn't have a cell phone or anything, so I had a service number. It's like $5 a month where they can leave you a message. And you, I had to you know, go to the corner, use the payphone, and check my service mm-hmm. like three times a day. <laughs> and I got a call saying, you know, we would like you to join our cast of Smokey Joe's Cafe starring Gladys Knight. I looked back in the, pro, in the, um, the breakdown. I'm like, it does not say Gladys Knight. And I guess, I don't know why it didn't say that, but it didn't matter because when she said that, I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, that's some break for a beginner. That was But it sounds like you experienced the the typical starving artist Absolutely. lifestyle for a while. I mean, cause I, I've met musicians and singers and dancers here in the city who have left various parts of the country. Dropped everything, came to yes. New York City having sold everything they owned, yes. you know, $300 yes. here, $4,000 there, yes. and realized that to live on a monthly basis in New York, you need at least four grand just yes. to make it, <laughs> you know, difficult. and so you end up with roommates, mm-hmm. uh, multiple roommates, yes. and everybody's an artist, yes. so you're all out. <laughs> 
talking about the auditions you went yes. out for and et cetera. I mean, is that, is, is, am I saying that is. right? You are exactly right. You are hitting it on the nose. Mm. And I think New York, I know this may sound strange, but New York, I think, is the best place for a broke artist. Broke artist. Just because you go for broke. And that's just a term I use or a lot of us use because you have nothing anyway. <laughs> okay. So it's like you just go for broke. You give it everything you right. have, you know. Can't get any more bottom than you, you are when you okay. get here. <laughs> so you go to that audition and you're like, go for broke, girl. You know, <laughs> just go for it. But I've seen so many of them, though, go for broke and still end up broke and then now have to go back home. Yes. Uh, yes. Have you ever had that struggle? I mean, when you've had to leave New York and say, you know what, this is just not working. I can't get the auditions. They're not happening fast enough. I can't pay the rent. I can't, you know, now I got the cell phone and I can't keep that right. on. Right. You know. I've never gone home mm. for that reason. Okay. I just refused to. I just, there was no plan B. You know, some people go to go to school to study art, music, dance, anything in the arts. You know, a lot of families, not mine, but I, I do know I have a lot of friends who their parents or, you know, relatives say you got to have a backup plan you know and my parents always said you know do whatever you want to do just do it with your whole heart give it all you have and be the best at it and so which is such a blessing so I had that support um and there was never an option for me it's like this is it I'm moving to New York I'm going for broke there's no plan b Mm -hmm. I just I have to Mm. I have to and you know as an artist I always tell people if you want to know about what faith is become an artist of any mm. any kind wow yeah you yeah. just you learn so much about faith and, and trusting you don't God, know yeah. I mean I am in Mary Poppins it's fantastic I'm able to pay all my bills mm-hmm. after it's over I don't know I'm I'm just gonna do whatever God says yeah. I may be broke but I'll be I've been there before many right. times I've been broke many 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 times <laughs> Lord and I may be again but long as long as I got the Lord I'm okay yeah it's fine yeah. It's you said 12 years ago when you came here this is where this is where you really had your personal encounter with mm-hmm. I mean you begin to really know who yeah. God is and really begin to eternalize what Christ did for you um as an artist as a Christian artist what would you say to the other Christian artists or even the non-christian artists because I know I know artists who who probably tune into this podcast and are not necessarily walking with the Lord. Um, um, but, but find a, p- a place of, uh, of solace, if you will, of refuge, mm. just being connected to the body of Christ. They don't fully understand it. They haven't fully embraced it. But as an artist, they realize that, you know what? I don't have a backup plan. I need to at least have a group of people, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what would you say to the artist who's still holding on to, uh, life as they know it mm. and, and, and haven't fully embraced mm-hmm. the Lord with their talent. Yeah. Um, that's a tough space. That's a tough place to be. It's hard because artists are so, uh, we can be very selfish mm. and not in the sense no. it's mine, mine, <laughs> <laughs> not like mine, mine, but it's kind of almost a self centering art for art form because you have to take dance class. You have to take voice class. You have to be the best at it. Right, right. And so you have to focus on yourself a lot. Yeah. And so a lot of artists think, and a lot of people think that you can do everything in your own will and your own strength. Mm. And just to let you know, I've tried it. It does not work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. No, that's a great perspective because, and I never even thought about it that way. Uh, where yeah. you do have to concentrate on being the absolute best at what you do. You have to. So there's always somebody better. Always. You know? And you're the one that people are watching. Right. It's like, you know, you're the one up there on the stage. I mean, you have to be the best at it. Mm. And you have to be the best at that audition. Even though you do five auditions a day and may not book one, you have to go in with the understanding that you're going to at least right. book something. Um so you think you have, you know, you think you have what it takes to to live and to, you know, have this lifestyle as an artist. But honestly, you know, God is the ultimate creator. Someone broke it down for me, too, when I was doing it. Les Mis, actually, there was another Christian. People don't realize that 
you know, people think theater and music and, you know, things are such a, can be blasphemous. Yes, they can. It could be a sin. Yes, the things people say and shows and such can be a bit extra, but there are Christians behind it mm-hmm. and who are praying for people and who help lead people to Christ. I've, I have many stories. Yeah. And I'm so glad God just put me in the position to say something, to do something, to be some a light to someone, you know, because theater specifically, again, can be self-centering and people, and it's very expressive. So we're mm-hmm. very expressive people and very emotional people. And we take things in and, pe- you know, people have their own beliefs. Oh, they're spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm spiritual. It's all good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See how long that's go last. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, they take all these things in and then next thing you know, they're out doing things and trying things and everything is working for them, but not really. And then they get depressed. And this whole spiral, I've seen it happen time and time again. It's really, really sad. Mm. And, um. I would just say you cannot do it on your own. You've <laughs> you've probably given it everything that you have and it's not working. So just trust. Yeah. Trust the Lord. Amen. Here's a little bit of cue a few years ago here at Times Square Church at our appreciation banquet. There is a name that is so precious. A name so to me this name is worthy of all praises because of him I am made free that name is Jesus oh how I love him the one who
Kiana Smith, a.k.a. Q, with us in the studio today. Q, your theater credits. Let's talk about those for a little bit. You know, Fame on 42nd Street, the original cast album. Les Mis... Les Mis. Les Mis. Les Mis. I, I, I don't know why I try to pronounce it as it's, okay. as it's written, but Les Mis is Les how Mis. everybody knows the show. <laughs> uh, the Broadway revival of Ada. Aida. Aida. AC. Ada. Aida. Ada's my aunt. That's a <laughs> yes, spelled the same. <laughs> <laughs> Dream Girls, the showboat and concert at Carnegie Hall. The music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. And uh, you've just done a lot of stuff. There's the Black Gospel Singers Tour of Germany, and, and the list goes on and on and on. But you, you also uh, featured on a couple songs on the New Songs 2 project, I believe, that we recorded here. You... Uh, did a lot of other stuff here and then a lot of stuff on you've just been everywhere you've done some recording you've done some television you've done some theater and now you are for how long now with mary poppins i'm into my fourth year fourth year. Uh, this is the longest job i've ever had i remember you emailed and said you got it it uh, was an ex- i still have the email there was an excitement oh, wow. in that in that email <laughs> that i'm you know and it yes. wasn't like you know i'm gonna be gone forever and the next time you see me it's gonna be cnn it wasn't that kind of thing it was <laughs> It was excitement. just thank God, you know. Yes. And every time there was a a a gratitude, and it was redirected. It wasn't I'm I'm so great, but it was yeah. God, you're great. Totally. How, how do you balance being a Christian artist yeah. in what is clearly not a Christian environment mm-hmm. for the most part? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I do know that in, in there's a culture in theater, just totally. like there's a culture in everywhere else. Totally. There's a subculture there. How do you balance being the cue? who grew up in the church, loves the Lord, gave her life to the Lord, ha- has chosen to, to only serve him. And because and, I imagine that there are some roles that you won't take, you won't audition for. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that in this culture sure. of theater? I don't balance. Mm-hmm. There's no, um, they, uh, people may take that th- a different way, but mm-hmm. there's not a balancing act. It's like, this is who I am. This is my choice. This mm-hmm. is who I'm choosing to live for. I mean, and that's it. Mm-hmm. This is my standard, you know. There's no balance. But it is sometimes it is very difficult mm-hmm. when you have, you know, dry land and there's, um, there's, you know, crops that are looking to be watered. And sometimes it's actually not your place. It's like, I'm the only Christian here, okay. I have to do this, this, you know. But sometimes it's not your place mm-hmm. to say something to that person or to do this. I've been wrong so many times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just live the best live life, it. and that's all it is. Yeah. And, you know, oh, actually, just a couple of days ago, my dressing roommate, she suffers from anxiety, and she depends on drugs to help ease her and to mm-hmm. calm her. And I've been praying how I can help her or bless her, you know. And I woke up Sunday morning, and we do eight shows a week. And um, eight shows is eight shows. It is tough. Uh-huh. It is tough. On the road, you do eight shows a week. And uh, Monday morning is your travel day. Normally, Mondays in the world of theater, that's your off day in every everywhere. Mm-hmm. But Mondays are our travel day. And then Tuesday, we open up again. We do eight shows. And we on a you know, back on the plane Monday or whatever. And... Um, but I was just praying, how can I help her? So I woke up Sunday morning and do my devotionals. And, I, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I know every scripture. I know, because sure. I don't. And, uh, but I've been praying for her. And I woke up and I turned on the television. And there was a sermon called Victory Over Anxiety. And I said, Lord, <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. So I watched it and I got insight to it. I forgot the minister's name, but I listened to him often. He's... He's wise, and I believe he speaks directly from God. You have to be careful what you take in, careful sure, what you sure. watch. And I watched it, and then I went online, and then I sent it to her. And I saw her at work, and she said, thank you for that. And I was mm. like, you're welcome. And that's it. You know what I mean? There's different ways you can be a light sure. to people. You know, She's not a believer, but she opened herself up to it, and just who knows what that seed will do. Oh, Absolutely. You know. Who the Lord will send to water it later, you know. Who knows, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's living it out in the simplest ways without having to absolutely swing a sledgehammer uh, yeah. at every issue. And there's this 
you know, we have dressers, right? There's so many costume changes in the show where you have to have a dresser to help you take things off and put things on quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it was her first show ever. This is just in Arkansas. Arkansas was something. And she was pregnant, a single pregnant woman. Her first show ever, dressing. Dressing is actually a profession. They have a dresser's union where they're protected. Wow. They have to be good at it because sure. it's a whole different. I could not do it. Uh-huh. But it was her first job. And Mary Poppins is a huge show. And she's young and she's six months pregnant and single and going through it. Mm. And God just so happened to give me a pregnant lady. And I think they're <laughs> just the most beautiful little things. I love babies and I love it's such anyway that's a whole thing there's such little <laughs> miracles so she would find herself in my dressing room longer than she needed to be just to have an ear and i just listened and i just smiled and laughed with her and then i got i was able to get her i just got her this um you either give them a tip at the end of the week or a gift mm-hmm. and i put together this like baby basket for her with just tons of baby things you know clothes and ba- diapers and she couldn't believe it. She had never felt that loved before. I didn't know. I, you know, I didn't know that. And she says she didn't think anybody cared. And I I just thank God for putting that in my heart to do. I didn't throw the Bible at her. I didn't. It was just a, an act such sure. as that, you know. And I told her that God loves her. And mm-hmm. he has her best in store, you know. Who knows, you know, the lives we touch. You yeah. know, we go from state to state, meet hundreds of people. You know, but there's always somebody that's watching you, and you have to remember that all the time. It's always somebody watching you. We tell the choir here often that you, that you never leave the platform, or in your case, you never yeah. leave the stage. Yeah, and, and your yeah. microphone is always on. Yeah, it's true. Here's a little more of Q. You keep your covenant, you keep your covenant, you show us mercy, you show us mercy. You walk before. junior high school students ages 12 to 14, junior high ministry takes place every Sunday in room 316 at 10 a.m. Come worship God, get into his word, and let him take you to a higher level. And high school students, there's a small group especially for you in the education annex on the second floor at 4 p.m. Study God's word, build new friendships, and openly share and discuss life issues with your peers. For updates and details, visit our website, tscnyc.org. TSC, music radio, where God is. So Mary Poppins, you're in the fourth year. Yes. What exactly is your character? Well, I started off, well, this is funny. I remember they called me about over five years ago, asked me to audition for the show. I was not raised on Mary Poppins. I never saw Mary Poppins. I was like, I'm not auditioning for Mary Poppins. <laughs> I said, no, thank you. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and then the following year, I was unemployed, right, uh, for about a month or so. And my agent was like, they want to see you for Mary Poppins. And I was like, okay, 
Sharp new, <laughs> new gig, yes. So I went in not thinking anything of it. I was just like, okay, this is another audition. But God has something <laughs> so incredible in store. So incredible. And I originally started the role of Mrs. Corey. She sings super califragilisticexpialidocious. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. You, you, you sang that? That was my first. Uh, okay, you gotta, you gotta give me a little bit of it because I still, I'm still ah. trying to spell it. <laughs> right, uh. and we do this whole dance where you spell out all the, uh, all, right, all sing the it, letters. Sing it real quick. Sing a little bit of it. <laughs> Super califragilistic expialidocious, and I have this Caribbean accent, so it's like. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, but <laughs> supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious, if you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I did that for two years. Um, but I remember during rehearsals in New York City for the show. They gave us tickets to go see the Broadway production of it, right? And so I was sitting there, and there was this character named Miss Andrew. She comes out in the second act, and she is Mary Poppins' nemesis. She's this villainous kind of, uh, she's the mean nanny, right? Mm -hmm. She raised Mr. Banks, the father, and now Mr. Banks and Mrs. Banks has called this evil nanny to come back to raise their little brats. (laughs) And I thought it was the coolest role ever. Ever, I was like, oh, one day. And it's always played by an older woman, older white woman. Mm-hmm. Black woman has never done it ever. And I was like, oh, that, I want to do that. <laughs> I think I can totally. I was like cringing in my seat. So rehearsals started and I keep thinking about this role. And I was like, okay, forget about it. But I couldn't forget about it. So we opened in Chicago for six weeks, six months. In Chicago for six months. We went to L.A. for three months. So the year passes and... um the understudy becomes available um, for Miss Andrew, right? Um, because she gets married, she gets pregnant, and she leaves. And I'm like, I think I can do this. And so I went up to the director. And normally they come up to you and ask you, but I was like, nope. <laughs> Not waiting, huh? I said, listen, I don't. And, you know, normally they're very tall, thin, and other than black. And I was com- come completely opposite. I'm short, round, and brown. And... <laughs> But I knew I could do it, and I was like, "Can you just? Can I just audition for it? I know the understudy role is becoming available because this lady's leaving." And he kind of looked at me, and he was like, "Sure." He's like, "Sure," you know. It wasn't like she's not gonna get it, or or it wasn't like, "Of course." Mm-hmm. He was just said, "Sure." So I auditioned for it, and I think I surprised myself. And I surprised them, and they looked at it really seriously. And so I started. They gave it to me. I started understudying it. Wow. And then the, in the third year, I finally took the role over, and um, I'm doing that uh, right now. I'm the first. It's awesome. To do it, and I'm so excited. <laughs> along with so the those bird are woman. two firsts. You know, you're the first to, to graduate <laughs> yes. from Ithaca, yes. African American, and then you're the first to play this role. Because when you told me you had the role, you know what I did? What? I went and Google that that role. Oh, did you? Absolutely. And I said, how in the world? Are they going to move from this to this? <laughs> but I knew the talent that they were going to be working with. I knew wow. that. And I was just like, this is just going to be phenomenal. I haven't seen it yet, but oh, I well, can imagine. When you I mean, see it on Broadway, it's a, our production is a bit different than Broadway. Mm-hmm. They've tweaked our production, and then they've take, taken our tweaks and implanted it in the Broadway uh, production. And this is the first, on our tour, I play dual roles. I play Miss Andrew and the bird woman. She sings Feed the Birds, Toppins, uh-huh. the Bag, Toppins. And on Broadway, those are two separate women that play those roles. So I'm the first actually to do this multiple track. And so I'm kind of the guinea pig for it. And well, that had to that has to feel really Oh, it really feels so good. It feels so <laughs> I'm so honored to do this. So there are solid God-fearing believers yeah, yeah, in the are. theater. There are. Uh, I mean, I know some who worked in the theater before they really gave their lives to the Lord. They had sure. to come out. Yeah, you know? yeah. But you're finding it uh, through the strength of the Lord to be able to stay in it, to travel from state to state. Yeah. The breadth and length of this country. Yeah. And still maintain that. Uh, I mean, because I saw you on television. And if I didn't know you, I probably would have looked at that because you sang this song... Uh, Feed the birds. Feed the birds. It was, mm-hmm. and and 
this was Good Morning Dallas. Texas or Dallas or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but you were you were starting to well up even as you were singing. Am I right? I know that I know the host was almost in tears, and I was yeah. just like, "What was that all about?" <laughs> but there was something other than feeding birds that came off of you. That I mean, what do you what do you what's your that's an, you know that was Walt Disney's favorite song, uh-huh. and he had the the writers come in to his office, play it and sing it for him, and he would cry. Wow! And so when I got offered Miss Andrew as well as the Bird Woman. I knew the history of the bird woman and, you know, she sings feed the birds. Toppins is basically like a penny. Uh You know, all it takes is toppins a bag, you know, buy this, these bird crumbs to feed these birds. You know, it's a beautiful song, but it's really about charity, humility. Mm. And to me, it's God feeding his children. Mm. You know, all it, it doesn't take a lot. It, a smile, like little things, a smile, uh, sending a video or, a, a hug, basket of baby a, bas- stuff. a hug, yeah. a hug, you know, and I often get teary eyed um, singing it to the kids because I sing it to the kids during the show. Mm-hmm. And it it means something so different to me than just, you know, charity or humility. That's great. Right. But, you know, it's God's extended hand, you know, that I'm singing about <clears throat> really. Because without him, it really is just a philanthropic gesture, mm-hmm. feeding birds yeah. or whatever. You know, anybody can do that. Bill Gates does it. You know, some of the richest people on the planet give, yeah. but a good number of them give out of their abundance. They don't give out of the depths of their of their yeah, hearts. They don't yeah. give out of out of a heart of charity and a genuine heart right. for God and taking care of His own. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Q, you can find more information about Q at www.qperstar.com. And that's not a vain title. It was probably just available. And it it clicks. My friend did this one. Can I tell you that really quickly? I know it sounds, you know, vain a bit, Qperstar. But (laughs) a friend started calling. I was teaching at a summer camp called Interlocking up in Michigan one year. And he was like, you know, I'm going to call you Qperstar. And I was like, great. So when I was looking for a website name... I tried to put like Q, Q Smith, da da da. Nothing popped, so I was like Cooper Star. So I put that in, and it it was available. I was like, I'm just gonna keep it. Yeah, so no, it, it works. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it works. <laughs> now you sing a lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, you get to do eight shows a, a week. Yeah, and then between the traveling and the climate change, I mean, you got yes. here and you realized today. Yes, it's not like it was. Where did you just Arkansas. come from? From Arkansas. <laughs> what was the, what was the weather there? It was a little warmer than this. The sun mm-hmm. was shining. It was like I didn't have to wear a jacket or anything. It was yeah. maybe 60 yeah, But now you're in New York, and even even if the, it could have been the same temperature, but the air is different. Yes. You know? <laughs> just around those buildings. Absolutely. The wind. Yeah. Oh, it's How cold. do you maintain, though? How do you, because, you know, if yes. you know you got, because you know you got to leave here today. Yes. And go to Baltimore tomorrow, yes. and tomorrow night you guys are up. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain vocally? How do you yeah. sustain yourself? You know, it's like um, anything else, you know, you're trained to do it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? What kind of kills me sometimes is when they bring television stars who don't have a foundation in theater. Mm -hmm. They bring them to Broadway Uh and they put them in these leading roles and then they realize how difficult it really is. Because you can't say cut. (laughs) Cannot say cut. (laughs) It's eight shows and rehearsals and interviews and... It's not easy. I know it's fun and it, people think it's glamorous, but mm-hmm. when somebody's like, oh, you used to live such a glamorous life. And I'm like, it's I have a great time. But it's right. funny in a hotel room. I have like a crock pot next to the toilet in the bathroom. I'm like, this is glamorous. <laughs> really? I don't think so. Um, but it is quite exciting and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, how do I maintain? I have to pray daily for strength. I mean, I know this is what I'm called to do right now. Maybe mm-hmm. next year not, but I think I'll be here for a while. Um, and so, you know, when you're in school, they train you. You know, you're like an athlete, sure. you know, and um, just prepared and you have to stay healthy. You know, I don't work out every single day. I'm not that person, but I have to work out to have to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, watch what you eat and watch everything that you take in and you have to sleep, you know. That's hard to come by sometimes, but you have to. Gladys Knight taught me that. She would, you know, she was amazing. She, 
She said, all you need is sleep and water. And it's the truth. Everybody takes <laughs> all these water. pills and stuff. All you need to do is just lay down. Sometimes you just need rest. Rest. Rest your body. And that will really help. It's a good tip. It's so common, but common sense is not <laughs> so common, I'm finding. So. Yeah, right? <laughs> Your goal finally is to build a school of the arts integrated with the juvenile system. Tell tell us a little bit about that vision. I think that came about when I was teaching at that daycare when I was 16. Mm -hmm. Um, I was teaching in a pretty uh, heavily populated (sighs) poor community. Mm -hmm. And I was in charge of graduating the preschoolers to kindergarten, like with a program. So we had, you know, made up dances and we had they had speeches to do and a little performance. And so I took these kindergartners who came from sometimes single parent homes or foster care or and I had to take them and show or try to teach them discipline through the arts. Mm-hmm. And so that was one. And then my brother, who passed away, when we were growing up, we were in choir together and we performed a lot together, my mom's productions. And he was a boy and he was he was excitable. He'd like to, you know, start things here and there. But when he was performing or involved in the arts, he was amazing Mm -hmm. and he stayed out of trouble. And and I was like, huh. So so once these preschoolers graduated to kindergarten, we did the performance, and one of the parents, you know, came to me just in tears, you know. She still had rollers in her hair and wearing house shoes, and but she was in tears, and she was like, I've never seen my son pay attention. I never, I've never seen him work so hard. He was in a little suit. He was so cute. And she was just in tears because he was able to remember this dance that we did and say his lines and just have this confidence on stage. And I had no idea that, I I didn't know what I was doing. You know, Mm -hmm. God did. I had no idea. And I was like, okay. And I love the arts. I love the Lord. And I love education. And I thought, what if I built a school of the arts integrated with the juvenile system? Because my brother was always in juvenile or on his way to or on his way out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, I was like, what if, you know, we could keep these kids out of trouble and give them a sense of confidence through the arts? You know, they don't have to be stars or anything like that. But just the discipline of the arts can really um, form a, a character, form a person's um, character. Mm-hmm. You know, the discipline sure, of the arts. Sure. It's a discipline. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. anyway, so that's where that idea came from. It's in my heart, in my head. Mm-hmm. That's all it is right now. And it has been since I was 16. So we'll see if. In his time. In his time. In his I would time. love to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No recordings right now. When are you going to work on a recording? Because you need to be doing something, I think. It's funny. I've been asked that, but I'm I'm not really interested in doing like a solo recording thing. Uh-huh. I don't you, you know. You don't have a I... list of favorite songs. I mean, everybody's got a list of favorite songs. And if I could if I could record anything, these would be <laughs> these would be the songs I would record. I probably wouldn't. I probably shouldn't say everybody has one because I don't know that I have one actually. <laughs> I have favorite. I mean, tons of favorite songs. But you're I'm, not. You're not interested. You're not interested in being a recording artist. You you are in mm-hmm. your element. You are, yeah, a, a singer slash performer slash dancer if necessary. Yes, I would do soundtracks, of course, like Fame, right? But like recording my own thing. You know, I did something my senior year, just recording. It was like a recital that I put on. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I've never, it's never been a desire to just, I would like to, I would love to be a backup singer. I did something for Carol King once and that was a lot of fun. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Um, I'm going to keep praying about it. If God leads me to or gives me the resources to, I will. Um, it's just not in my heart right now, I guess. That's great. I mean, I admire that <laughs> because a, a lot of, you know, artists who, sing always start moving toward that direction moving in that direction well, i gotta record something i gotta you know and i i'm actually pleasantly surprised but then oh. i'm I'm pleased to know that you know where you are and you know that you're doing what you're called to do right now yeah and i'm not trying to 
you know, have eight tentacles out all over the planet yeah, yeah. and trying to be this and trying to be that and trying to do this and trying to do that. You're right where you need to be. You're right where he called you to be, and you know it. It's not my calling know? right now. And I admire those because recording, as you know, takes up a lot of time. Absolutely. And it costs a lot of money. And, you know, people have recording voice voices. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily think... Mine is definitely a stage voice. I have this big, you know, musical theater kind of <laughs> voice. I'm sure I could bring it down, but... I've heard myself on recordings, and I've, I know that we are our worst critics. <laughs> I don't like the sound of my voice on recordings. I really don't. I would love to get into animation, like voiceover work ah. for commercials and little um, uh, yeah, jingles and things. Sure, sure. But as far as recording art, uh, artist or anything like that is concerned, not right now. Yeah, you're in a good spot. There's a bigger market for. <laughs> <laughs> voice I would over love there to. Is, uh, I would love to. Artist. Yes, That's yes. Awesome. You can find more about Q, Keanu Smith, at www.cuperstar, that's Q-P-E-R, star, S-T-A-R, dot com. And if they want to know more about the, the show, where can they go? It's on my website. The okay. um, the itinerary of the, our cities are on our website. Right. And do you know how far, how far out in advance are you guys booked? We're booked through the year through um, January. We're scheduled till February. That's that's good. Yeah. Scheduled to February. Yeah, it's good. So the show is going well. It's going very it's well. Going. I'm in my fourth year now, and it's going very well. Good. Well, <laughs> congratulations and thanks for being a light in the theater world. Uh, and for those uh, who are listening, there you can do this and still love Jesus and still be yes. on the right side, if, yes. if I can put it that way. Q, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we got to get you back into New York doing something with us soon. Yes. Uh, so next time you get a break, <laughs> yes. you get a day off like this, give us a holler. We'll certainly have you back and doing something with us. Thank you for having me. So happy to be back. So happy to be back. Nobody leaves the program without singing something. Now, you gave us a little bit of <clears> supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <throat> did I say that right? Yes, you did. Oh, and I have to Lord. spell it with your body. <laughs> I should teach you the letters. Send us out with a song. <laughs> Anything. Anything? Anything. I will sing the first song that I ever sung um, for an audition, like when I was younger. Since, you know, I told you my grandmother and my mother were over the drama ministry, so they wrote Christmas and Easter plays and things like that. Uh-huh. And our mu- minister of music, who I would love for you to meet, his name was Jay Terrell. He moved. Uh, now he's in um, Houston, Texas at a different church. But he writes musicals, you know, church musicals. And mm-hmm. he wrote, I'll never forget it because it was sort of my introduction. And I would just, I was young and I was not in this production particularly, but I just remember being like, ah, it was the Easter production. And it was the uh, blind man and the deaf woman. Um, did I say that backwards? Anyway, it was a musical and I'm going to sing, uh, an excerpt from that mm-hmm. musical. Is that all right? Yes. I haven't. I used to sing it all the time in the shower. Jesus, son of David, oh, how I praise your name. I have never been able to hear the sound that has come through my ears so plain. I must run and tell somebody of this great miracle performed. Jesus, son of David, the only begotten son. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. For I, 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 I am a poor man. I'm blind and I cannot see. Oh, but if you can make the lame to walk and turn the water into wine, I believe you have the power to heal the blind. Oh, oh Lord. Take joy, my king, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet for live tweets during every podcast interview. 
You can even tweet your questions for our podcast guests by using the hashtag MWMPodcast. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we have worship leader, choir director, solo artist, and writer, Nieta Stancil Farrar. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on Music with a Mission.